everyone. I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, a testimony of your story for His glory. It is often those to whom life has been most cruel that God can then most use. Such is the case with my next guest, whose heart-wrenching yet hopeful story shocked the world when first recounted in his riveting memoir, Son, I Love You, words he would never hear from his Jew-hating father and his beloved Jewish mother, too abused, beaten down, and frightened to utter, other than a mere, quote, me too, in response. But God is faithful and would show himself mighty for the then 11-year-old boy strangled and left for dead at the hands of his enraged father. Jesus would appear, a destiny would be born, and the words Mike longed to hear would be spoken. Son, I love you. And it's that love, ladies and gentlemen, fast forward to today, that has propelled this man, ministry, and mission worldwide. Ladies and gentlemen, would you welcome back to Testimony for his latest must-read, A Great Awakening is Coming. Founder of Friends of Zion Heritage Center and Museum, Jerusalem, Israel, the Cory Ten Boom Holocaust Museum, Harlem, Holland, and the Jerusalem Prayer Team.org, whose record 73 million Facebook followers, prayer warriors, and counting is literally shaking nations for the cause of Christ, our Jewish brethren, Israel, and the world at large. Please welcome a high honor indeed, Dr. Michael D. Evans. Dr. Evans, welcome back to Testimony. Thank you. So glad to be with you. Well, it's great to have you, and for those who may have missed our initial interview in 2018, they can view that wherever Testimony with Jen Seenbard is broadcast. You are also an award-winning journalist and expert on Israel and the Middle East, number one New York Times best-selling author and publisher of over 80 books. 104 books. Now 104 books. Thank you for that. Yeah, I just finished the 104th book this week. Wow, that is incredible. Well, you are an internationally recognized leader for uniting Christians and Jews in solidarity and purpose and a Trump administration faith advisory board member. So let's get right to it. Your latest great read, A Great Awakening is Coming, spells out clearly a prophetic word you would hear in a 1986 meeting with the late renowned pastor and prophet David Wilkerson, whose words you would document, place in your Bible, and years later come upon suddenly when it fell from its pages, and I quote, I see a plague coming on the world, and the bars and the church and government will shut down. The plague will hit New York City and shake it like it has never been shaken. The plague is going to force prayerless believers into radical prayer and into their Bibles and repentance will be the cry 
from the man of God in the pulpit, and out of it will come a third great awakening that will sweep America and the world question, was this the word, Dr. Evans, that prompted yep. the writing of your book? And were you surprised well, at the subsequent controversy that would arise well, because of it? Yeah, well, first, um, when the coronavirus struck, we all were shut in. And I decided to use the shut-in time to seek the face of God. And as I laid on my face in prayer, the Lord called me to a season of repentance and really gut-wrenching intercession, not for minutes, but for hours and hours and hours a day. And during that time, the Holy Spirit started speaking to me and saying the plague was sent by me. And what? Yes, I sent the plague. And I started going through the scriptures and realizing how many times God sent plagues on Israel because of this disobedience. And then he said to me, out of it's going to come this a third great awakening. Well, that startled me, and I started writing down what the Lord said. Well, I was in my office with all my Bibles, and I must have 20 different Bibles, and I was looking for another version of the Scripture, and I grabbed one of my oldest Bibles, and when I grabbed it, shockingly, that little note I had from Brother Dave fell out, and I thought, oh my God, mm. I cannot believe this. Now, let me describe what what the purpose was. Number one, I, Brother Dave and I were very close uh, because I started Team Challenge in Arkansas. Uh, I worked in Team Challenge in Philadelphia. Um, he actually gave me his property for my ministry called Camp David when we first began in ministry. But uh, I loved him dearly. It was uh, at the Embassy Suites uh, near the Dallas-Fort Worth Airport, and we were having breakfast. And what he did first is he said to me, Mike, I want to show you a letter. And he took a letter out of his pocket, and he let me read it. The letter was addressed to a Reverend Richard Dorch. Now, Richard Dorch at that time was running PTL under Jim Baker. And I knew Brother Dorch. He had been my superintendent in Illinois years before in the Assemblies of God. And so I read the letter. It was a shocking letter. It said, within 12 months from the date of this letter, the judgment of God is going to fall on PTL. Flee now. You are fornicating with brick and stone. Bats will fly through the empty buildings. Now, I read that letter. I was like, unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And after I read the letter, then he started talking to me about what the Lord showed in America. I want to say this first about the letter. Approximately a month later, after I read that letter, I was at a minister meeting at PTL. It was called the Minister Idea Exchange. A lot of the top leaders were there. We, we would do that event every year. And they hosted it at PTL. And I ran into Brother Dorch. And she said to me, Hi, Mike. I heard you were with Brother Dave. I said, Yeah. We had breakfast together in Dallas. He said, Did he show you the letter he wrote me? And Brother Dorch started laughing. He said, Would you, would you give a message to David Wilkerson? I said, sure. He said, tell him that if I ever fornicate, it's not going to be with brick and stone. And he started laughing. Yeah. It was exactly 12 months to the day that the Charlotte Observer broke the PTL scandal. To the day of the letter. Wow. Now, David Wilkerson, after he showed me that letter, 
he was talking about idolatry at PPL. Then he said to me, Mike, idolatry is going on in America. It's going on in the church. And this idolatry is going to bring the judgment of God like it's going to do at PTL. And then he described it. I see a plague coming. Hit New York City and shake it like it's never been shaken. But he said, there's going to be repentance. There's going to be gut-wrenching repentance, even from the pulpits. And out of this will come a third great awakening. Astonishing. But, you know, this was 1986. Mm. And as the years went by, I kind of forgot about it. Mm-hmm. But fortunately for me, I wrote a note on it in my Bible. So when I was fasting and praying, and when I saw that, I, I was just crying my eyes out because it just, it was like, oh, God, you didn't give me the word. You gave it to Brother Dane. Now you're dealing with me about this, but he's the man of God who had the word of the Lord. Wow. And so... The controversy surrounding this word when you published it, when I first heard you read it aloud in a video production that you had put together, it was just stunning. I posted that on Facebook immediately and immediately received some initial pushback. Yes. Oh, what happened was there's an organization that partners with Facebook, and they, they call themselves political facts, and they say that they're, they investigate the truth. Now, this is the organization that three different times attacked Franklin Graham, and uh, what they do is they do their little investigation, and then they tell Facebook that this person's not telling the truth, and so Facebook will flag their post as a lie. Now, the post that I had of the prophecy had more than 30 million people that had seen it. And all of a sudden, to my shock and amazement, here is the post flag saying this is false to lie. As a matter of fact, you can still go on the Internet, and political facts still has it up saying David Wilkerson never predicted Corona-19. Well, wait a second. I never said he predicted Corona-19. I said, he said, a plague was coming. He never told me Corona-19. A plague was coming. So here's what we did. We wrote him. They ignored us. We wrote him again. They ignored us. So my attorney contacted them. Well, he got their attention. (laughs) The next thing we got is a letter of apology saying that we reviewed everything and we're recommending that the flag be taken down that's on your site with Facebook. They didn't call it an apology. It was just kind of like uh, uh, trying to find a way to get out of it. We had to investigate the investigators to show them that they had put a blatant lie on our site to damage us. They're a leftist organization, and uh, I'm sure they got a real thrill out of it. But it was completely false. We knew it was false. And our attorneys know it's false, and it was intentional on their part. Exactly. Now, did they write a retraction to what they posted no, on your No, they've Facebook? never done that. As a matter of fact, nor has Facebook ever done that. And um, this is a very serious issue. 
We're not the first ones that have ever been treated this way. This issue has come up, as you probably know, in the House of Representatives because of conservative politicians. It's come, even the president has made, mentioned the issue of social network mm -hmm. uh, being biased. Exactly. You've heard it from everyone, from a Glenn Beck to you name it, uh, Ted yeah. Cruz, uh, Franklin Graham. So, yes, they are biased, and they did something that was completely unethical. It was an outright lie, and uh, we suffered from it. But nevertheless, I never stopped proclaiming this message because one of the things the Lord told me years ago when he started blessing us in a supernatural way, and my son was very impressed. He said to me one time, Dad, Dad, you've given your award from your museum to the president of the Oval Office. Dad, you've got direct access. Amazing. I said, Michael, hold it. Let me explain something to you. The price of admission to this club is unspeakable evil and betrayal. So when the attacks come, don't whine or play the victim. So, you know, there's going to be battles like this, and uh, this is the price we're going to pay for standing up for truth, and that's okay. Amen and amen. Now, you open up your book with a scripture, one of my favorite scriptures, by the way, Daniel 1132, which states, Those that know their God shall be strong and do exploits, and you have done just that in 50-plus years of ministry. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Dr. Michael Evans. His latest must-read, A Great Awakening, is coming. So I want to shift gears for a minute here. You've lived a life of the miraculous in the faith and favor of God, and because of this, have been used by God to accomplish the extraordinary. But as you just alluded to, you paid a price for that. So, question, if you could single out one reason why the success, Dr. Evans, all ministries listen up right now, what would that be and why? Well, I would say the fire. That mm -hmm. this all began in the fire when my father strangled me and left me for dead, uh, woke up uh, choking on my own vomit with every finger of his hand, uh, the blood had come through my neck where he picked me up above his head and strangled me. And this was a terribly time of pain and desperation. And that fire uh, was life-changing because it was at that moment that I did indeed see the Lord and his light. He said three things to me I'd never heard. The first, you know, I love you. Well, first he said, son. I had never heard the word son. Then he said, I love you. Mm -hmm. But the third thing he said, which astonished me, was I have a great plan for your life. Now, I had a speech impediment, a stomach ulcer. I was failing in school. I didn't think there was any plan for my life to the degree that on Tuesday of that week, it was Friday when he strangled me, Tuesday of that week, they asked the kids in school, what do you want to be when you grow up? I was so afraid of the question. I came late, and I sat by the red bell, last seat in the room, and they got to me. And I stuttered because I couldn't talk. And I said, 20. And everyone laughed. The reason I said 20 
My only goal was to be alive at 20 because I thought my father would kill me because he had tried before. He almost killed me at eight. And I, my only goal was to be alive at 20. No one knew that. No one knew. No one knew that I'd go to school and had a skip jam because he'd take extension cords and coat hangers and beat me with them. And I had such wealth in my body, I couldn't go to gym because if they saw it, they would come to my house and then it would really be bad. But the little guy who was nothing in the world's eyes and who would always know that, would always know that it wasn't his might or his power. It was God's grace. Listen, I've met with over 70 world leaders. I am right now advising three world leaders at the same time. And I can't even tell you the impact it's having. Uh, the White House was doing a vetting on me, and one of them called me and said, do you know how much material you've written? I said, no. They said, you've written over 5,000 articles. I said, I didn't know that. They said, we do because we have to read them all. And, well, how can God take somebody so broken? I should have been dead or a drug addict or an alcoholic, or suicide, or ended up in prison. I, there's no way you can come, a child can come out of what I came out of and be happily married for 50 years to your best friend and could have the favor of God without. I never, ever forget who I am and who he is. It's all about him. And see, that's the amazing thing I love about your testimony, Dr. Evans. It's the authenticity. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that you experienced in your own life that changed your life. You're not just a quasi-Christian eating cookies, drinking Kool-Aid, walking into a church of entertainment, walking out unchanged. You've experienced the miraculous transformation of Christ in your life, and yet, on your journey, you've experienced what you term in your book as divine disappointments, health challenges, and you also talk about the idols all of us can have in our lives, including your own. Can you talk about that? Well, number one, there's something I don't have that a lot of Christians have because they were raised of a wonderful Christian family, and everything was just leave it to beaver. Because I didn't have any of that, there's always been a hunger. I, I can't just pray a little prayer. I've got to get on my face. I mean, everything, I tell crusades in 40 countries, and every time I would do a crusade, I would pray this prayer before I go, God, give me a breakthrough or bury me. Either give me the nation or bury me. And several times, I almost got buried in Cambodia. The Cameroons tried to kill me. In the Congo, they were trying to stone me. Uh, the week of the Rwanda crisis. But it's a fair exchange. Jim Elliott said that a man is no fool when he gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. So it's not a big deal if my life is taken. The big deal is doing what God has called me to do in hearing well done. Well, that sums it up. Well done, 
thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord, which brings me to my next thought. Wouldn't it then have everything to do with the person's level of belief, whether or not they zone into Christ or live a lukewarm life of complacency? You know, that's a very good question. Um, one of the things I realize in America is America has become extremely comfortable. The church has become comfortable. I've watched the, the evolution of the churches, where the mega churches have become just like the world. They become slick and smooth, and they got, they've got consultants that tell them how everything to do, and there's a lot of them that fly around in preachers and jets with bodyguards, and, and they think they've arrived. Now, the Lord, in John, Revelation, he rebukes five of the seven churches of Revelation. He rebukes them. And he, he also rebukes the angels of those churches. Now, those four angels, those were the pastors. He rebukes five of the seven pastors and five of the seven churches of the book of Revelation because of different things, idolatry in their lives. Now, here's what can happen to the average Christian. They can get such satisfaction out of their beautiful facilities, their tremendously lovely worship, their brilliant sermons, that they become content. There's no repentance. There's no sense of wickedness in them. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and repent of their wicked ways. Now, the average Christian doesn't feel like they have wicked ways. Well, I can tell you this, you won't know that until you get in the presence of the Lord. And when you get in his presence, you'll realize you have wicked ways. Isaiah cried out, woe is me, I'm unclean. Isaiah, whom shall I go and who will go for us? He said, Lord, send me, send me. So you've answered my next question in part, and that is, Dr. Evans, how have you been able to, quote, stay the course and, quote, run your race with the worldwide reach and the influence you now have as a leader amongst evangelicals, bridging the gap between Christians and Jews? Have you been tempted to do less than what you're doing now? No, and I'll tell you why. The thing that I wanted the most in my life and I never got was affirmation. Mm -hmm. There was a desperate need, as every child has, to be affirmed for someone to say, I'm proud of you. You're a good boy. You're doing a good job. Well, I didn't have that at all. And all of a sudden, at 11, I got it from heaven. From heaven. He mm -hmm. affirmed me. He told me. He had a great plan for my life. He loved me. I was his child. That affirmation was life-changing. So what happened? After he left, I kept pursuing his affirmation. And I find that I didn't care if I died or went through the fire. The only thing that concerned me is not having his affirmation. So his affirmation that drew me to go anywhere at any time and do anything because I knew the moment he affirmed me. I knew when I had his pleasure and his power and his purpose like I did at 11. And that I'm willing to die for. Wow. So 
Would you say then that God gave you the gift of faith to even believe that? Your thoughts? Well, he did give me the gift of faith. And the gift of faith is an astonishing gift. Here's what happens when it, when it operates. You see things as if they already happened. That it's like you're in tomorrow. And it's happened to me dozens of times. One of the times was over giving the president the Friends of Zion Award. I knew in my spirit I was going to give it to him. So I put the award in my office with his name on it one year before the White House said yes. Because I knew in my spirit it was going to happen. Now, that's happened to me so many times. But, you know, I think a lot of people, their problem is when God does something great, they take the glory for it. And they think they're all that. <laughs> I stay small in my own eyes because I know that a man can become too big in his own eyes to be used by God, but never too small. Dr. Evans, in my remaining moments and last question, what do you want the reader to take away most from your book, A Great Awakening is Coming? Well, the first thing I want them to do is I want them to go to Amazon and buy the book and put some comments out because this organization has gone into cyberspace trying to damage and keep people from purchasing that book. And there's people that have posted it's all just a lie because of the lie they told and people that believe the lies. So I want them to go to Amazon. I want them to get the book, to read the book, and to pray about what I'm sharing. Listen, God didn't give me the privilege of being with David Wilkerson and hearing this revelation. And oh, by the way, I have to say this. David Wilkerson was never honored as a prophet when he lived. He was honored for Teen Challenge. He was honored for other things, even Times Square Church. But when David Wilkerson gave prophetic words, they scoffed him. They would, ministers wouldn't even come to his meetings. They thought he was he's off of his rocker. But David Wilkerson was like Jeremiah, and he heard from God. I had the privilege of having his confidence and trust and knowing this mighty man of God. And I just can say this to those that are listening. The best is yet to come. Don't settle. Don't settle for mediocrity. Don't get comfortable in your faith. Repent. Humble yourself. God says, arise and shine. I was praying this morning. He said, to me, he said, darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen. So there, this is a golden opportunity for us. This is a golden opportunity, as you said, for the people that do know their God to be strong and do exploits. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to founder of Friends of Zion Heritage Center and Museum, Jerusalem, Israel, award-winning journalist and expert on Israel and the Middle East, number one New York Times bestselling author and publisher of over 104 books, his latest, A Great Awakening is Coming. You can learn more about Dr. Evans' work, ministry, and mission by visiting JerusalemPrayerTeam.org 
and Foz, F-O-Z, museum.com and get his book, get informed, and then get inspired. You will be blessed and rewarded that you did. Dr. Evans, thank you once again for taking precious time to share just a little of your anointed, courageous, and uncompromising yet compassionate read in word, thought, and deed, echoing in obedience to Christ the prophetic words of the late pastor and prophet David Wilkerson and your own as well. We thank you. God bless it's you. It's been my honor and God bless you for giving me this privilege. Shalom. Shalom, shalom. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensine Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ, one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensinebard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D.com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony.